Welcome to the second episode of the Model 284 podcast. My name is Sam Walzak. I'm joined by Mark Richards. Today is Wednesday, March 14th, and it is March Madness season. On today's show, we'll break down all of our models' March Madness predictions, including win probabilities and a little bit of spreads, totals, and everything you need to fill out your bracket. Let's get started. It's March, best month of the year, maybe the best week right now of the year. Yeah, I think it's definitely up there for me. I think, at least for me, you got beginning of the week, bracket comes out, crunching through all the numbers, and then Thursday and Friday come, and you get just an absolute onslaught of games all day, every day. Same thing Saturday and Sunday, and then even when it's over on Sunday, you got the following weekend to look forward to. So it's just, just nothing better, and obviously right up our alley at Model 284 with everyone in the country being super tuned into sports and we've got a analytical tool that can hopefully help everyone out with filling out their bracket. Yeah, exactly. So as you said, an analytical tool that we've got at Model 284, which is our model for predicting the March Madness tournament. And so I think first of all, it's okay, what what are we predicting? What are what is our model? Like what's going on and how do they work? Yeah, so I guess for purposes of this podcast and like generally speaking, we're going to be focused on the win probability models. So for those, you've got team one playing team two, and you've got stats from both of those teams from the regular season. And then the differences in those can be used to predict, you know, what's the probability that team one wins that game. So, you know, you got Xavier playing Gonzaga take all their numbers, crunch them through the model, and the model says that Gonzaga has a 65% chance of winning, which also means that Xavier has a 35% chance of winning. So that's essentially what they're doing. Um, I guess in this podcast, we're going to be mostly talking about those. And then we also have spread and total models that you'd be using you know, against Vegas spreads and totals. We'll sprinkle those in from time to time here, but if you want the, the kind of nitty-gritty on those, I'd encourage you to go to the website and check them out. We'll have predictions for every single game on there. Um, and then just lastly, for those win probability models, what we're using here is we use kind of a, a combination of models, and some of those models are linear regression models, and some of them use machine learning techniques like lasso regression, gradient boosting, random forest, and a few other ones. Um, and then we kind of roll those up into a composite prediction that averages across all the different models. Yeah, exactly. So I think what I maybe even ask myself, but a lot of people probably are asking is like um, with 538 producing predictions and you know sports analytics clubs at colleges and random blogs, a lot of people out there with accessibility to data and tools can come up with these predictions. Why should you go to Model 284? Why? like Right, it's not exactly unique right now. Right, so we're going to sell you guys right now on our model and why it's so great. But, <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to give you some points that we actually truly believe in. That is the reason, like, we believe in our numbers and why we can be helpful for you as you fill out your bracket or make bets and whatnot. So, um you know, I think the, the first point we'd like to make is that, as Sam mentioned, we have a number of models 
that we've tested, and we've been kind of thorough in doing that. And so, um, you know, we've done everything from kind of the, the as in the data science world of chucking all the, all the variables in as well as, you know, kind of sifting through important variables and understanding significance and whatnot. And from there, we've, we've created, you know, a bunch of different variables that we can go through. And um, a lot of that, you know, might inherently have some noise, but we believe from some of the kind of like unique data points that we use, we've kind of been able to identify areas where we can see underdogs shining through in certain models because of some of these, you know, interesting uh, variables that are significant in producing those models. So um, I think that kind of leads into the next point about, you know, some of the unique data points we do have. Yeah, so obviously we have a lot of the, the metrics that you'll see other places, like the four factors and the team's offensive and defensive efficiency. So we're accounting for all those type of things. Some other things that are included in some of our models, and, you know, I say some of our models, as I mentioned, we're using a bunch of different models, and each of them kind of does use a different grouping of variables like Mark was getting at, but... Some of the unique ones, um, how far a team went in their conference tournament, um, team's performance against the spread throughout the course of the year, your recruiting rankings, so that might be more of a measure of the raw talent on a team that would differentiate teams like Kentucky or Michigan State over those mid-major teams that don't have any NBA players on them, um, your free throw rate and your deviation in free throw rate from game to game, um, your margin of victory adjusted for strength of schedule, and then your performance in close games and also your performance against, you know, the best competition that you faced throughout the course of the year. Yeah, so those are, as Sam mentioned, just a glimpse of some of the variables that we kind of see as unique or we haven't seen publicly and whatnot that we found significant. Um, but I think the last point is through all that and all the models we produce and evaluate, I think one of the the other things that we do a really good job of is taking a step back from the numbers and sorting through the data. And I think the easiest example of what I'm trying to say by this is, for instance, the Missouri has Michael Porter Jr. joining in, and that's an easy example, right, because we don't have much data of him playing. So you need to understand that, you know, that game, you know, the data that we're producing, the output likely doesn't correlate exactly with what that game might entail and you kind of need to determine how important that is um so with that you know we kind of try to take every data point we can and make the best decision possible right but at the end of the day what really matters is are you getting games correct right so um last we have basically (laughs) predictions from every game last year up on our site so last year we were 76 percent on predicting winners 57 percent on predicting spreads and 64 percent on predicting totals Um, And we've seen similar or better percentages when we're cross-validating across previous data with using our models. Um, And I've been using these models, so this will be the fifth year, and in each of the last four years, it's gotten two Final Four teams correct. Um, Last year, that was North Carolina and Oregon. So it's done, you know, did decent last year, you know, a lot of variation from year to year, as you can have with small samples, but I like to think that it's done a decent job so far. Yeah, definitely. So I hope that gives you guys at least enough reason to to listen to our numbers and follow along for this March Madness and hopefully take it in, in account and use it as a data point in your own evaluation. Um, but before we get into the bracket, I just want to give you guys a heads up on what's going on at Model 284 and some of the content currently. So in our My Model Monday series this past Monday, Eric King 
an analyst here at Model 284. He created an NFL Combine tool. This is using an, uh, an R-Shining web application where it allows you to view players that participated in Combine drills from 2015 to 2018. It shows how the player performed and how he performed relative to other players at his position. So especially useful with the uh, 2018 draft on the horizon. You can kind of go in and take a glimpse, a glimpse of you know how certain players performed relative to their position, and then you know take some glance at some previous years and you know where players went, and now you can kind of see how they've done in the NFL. So that's kind of a cool tool in using our favorite programming language R. The other tool we have sitting out on our site currently with the NBA playoffs inbound is the NBA lineup evaluator tool. This allows you to enter in you know, any combination of lineup you see. So if you're getting sick of that old Tom Thibodeau lineup with the Minnesota Timberwolves, you can check out what if he actually you know, played someone or see what a bigger sample of D-Rose might look like. And then lastly, uh, stay tuned to our NHL season simulation as we continue to update that. That gives you playoff probabilities, Stanley Cup probabilities, and it's fun to follow along as the season goes along. Alrighty, Sam. It's time to break down the bracket. Let's do it. So what we're going to do here is we're going to break down the bracket by region. And with that, we're going to first provide kind of first-round matchup probabilities and like kind of general game information, such as spreads and totals from our model's perspective. Then we'll walk through kind of what our models are saying about the rest of the region and what teams it likes or dislikes or for some future rounds. Yep. For future rounds. So you can kind of help you figure out, okay, which team do you think is going to come out of this region and, you know, potential matchups that could happen. And then we'll also try to provide some like insights and help you to make like in your decision-making of things to consider outside of like single game probabilities involving some of the simulations we run or some of the variables that go in or considering how other people might fill out their brackets in order to help you either win your bracket or you know just try to you know win individual or like get in the top five or something like that right one of the points I made on our last podcast was if you have a game that's a complete toss-up but 75% of the public is picking one team you're probably better off picking the other team because if it's just as likely to happen, you'd rather gain that much more of an advantage on the competition. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, with that, I think let's get things rolling here. So we're going to start in the top left region, the south region. In the first matchup here, we have Virginia and UMBC. Um, Sam, what do you... What what is Miles saying for this well, one? Well, no no surprise here, but we've got got Virginia, and it's not particularly close. Um, our probability gives them ninety three percent chance of winning, and makes them fifteen point favorites. So not much more to say there. Yeah, I don't think you're thinking twice about this. But don't forget, as we move on later, don't forget about Kyle Guy. He's that tourney, shall I say, kind of classic. Um, Caucasian male that can shoot threes and is an awesome player. That's a key variable. Exactly. All right, so next we've got an 8-9 game, Creighton and Kansas State. Yeah, these are always tricky. Um, so the model actually taking somewhat on a stance here, which is nice in the 8-9 game because usually you kind of don't know what to pick here. But the model gives 
likes Kansas State. It's got them, um, let's see, 72% chance of winning and has them favored by two. Alrighty, the next matchup, 5-12, we've got Kentucky and Davidson here. Yeah, so this one, not not a complete slam dunk for Kentucky, but we do have Kentucky with a 60% chance of winning, and we have them favored by three, uh, which is slightly less. They're favored by six in Vegas right now. Um, Davidson has, you know, everyone saw them just win the Atlantic 10 tournament, but they have a much more efficient offense than Kentucky and a much lower turnover percentage, which are heavily weighted in our model. So um, Davidson probably does have a shot to win this game, but we're going by the model. We're going Kentucky here. Yeah, I think Kentucky is obviously they still have lots of talent, but they don't have a dominant guard play, in my opinion, or ball handling and really just rely. They're going to need to shoot threes really well, I think, at the end of the day, which is what you saw in the SEC tournament. Next matchup, we have Arizona and Buffalo. So similar story to the Kentucky-Davidson matchup here. We have Arizona favored, but it's it's slightly closer than, than it might be in Vegas. So we give Arizona 68% chance of winning. We have them favored by three. Um, so again, I think Arizona probably has an, a slightly easier matchup than Kentucky here, but still not a gimme. Yeah, we actually really like the total points in this game. So Vegas has it at like 157-ish, and ours is almost, it's like 169 with like nearly an 85% probability of going over that Vegas total. And Arizona this year, they've had they've scored 75 points or more in 27 of their 34 games. And with DeAndre Ayton actually kind of being a gaping hole on D sometimes, and they seem to run up the score and get to the line pretty frequently. I, the over looks pretty good in this game, actually. I always love to see that. Hammer that over. Next up, we've got Miami, Florida versus Loyola. Yeah, so this is one I've seen in many places a popular upset pick. Um, by our numbers, I think you could make a case for either team here winning this, winning this one. Um, I would note Miami um, guard and NBA draft prospect Bruce Brown is injured, and he's um, going to miss the tournament. Um so I think I think, yeah, you could you could pick either team here. I would say though that, like I said, a lot of people are going to be picking Loyola, so you might not be gaining as much of an advantage by picking them as 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 you might think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that looks to be a pretty close competitive matchup in in uh, in round. Yeah, one. I mean Miami's only favored by two or two and a half points, which is pretty light for a a six eleven matchup. Definitely. Next matchups, the three fourteen Tennessee versus Wright State. Yeah, we got Tennessee fairly strongly here. You know, hopefully they should run away with this one. We have them as an eighty-two percent chance of winning, and we have them favored by six. Not much there. So next is Nevada in Texas. Kind of a juicy matchup, I'd say here in the seven ten. Yeah, we got you know potential top five pick Mo Bamba in Texas. It sounds like he's hopefully going to be healthy for this one. But yeah, models are big on Nevada here, so we actually give them a seventy eight percent chance of winning and a very very high spread. We have them favored by eleven in this one. I think they're actually last I looked, they're slight underdogs to Texas. So models all over Nevada here, and I think you know they've been kind of an exciting team this year. So I I think there's a little something to buy into. Yeah, definitely. Caleb and Cody Martin are two six seven small forwards that pretty much 
They can make plays, shoot threes, do pretty much everything. So they're kind of a fun team in that sense. Additionally, in this game, the model, actually another hammer the over um, favorite here as Vegas has it at a 144 and our model is showing uh, about a 158. So a significantly higher total than what Vegas is showing. Yeah, and then also to hop in, I think part of what it likes about Nevada is they have a really efficient offense. They have a high true shooting percentage. They have a low turnover percentage. So those are heavily weighted in our models. I mentioned that in a previous game already. But, I mean, that's kind of a recipe for just scoring a lot of points. And Which generally just, that wins yeah. games. And that feeds the total. So that's, that's part of why it likes Nevada and why it likes a high-scoring game in this matchup. And then lastly, we've got Cincinnati, Georgia State. Yeah, we got Cincinnati with an 81% chance of winning here. We have them favored by six. Um, so, you know, not 100%, but don't, don't see too much of a problem there for Cincinnati. Yeah, so that's it for the, the first-round matchups in the south region, the top left here. So now we're going to scoop back up to the top and kind of walk through the rest of the bracket. So starting here, um, the first part... Uh, so we obviously Virginia walking into the second round, and I think in general it's the models. Sam, they have they have Virginia favored over either Kansas State or Creighton. Granted, we did have Kansas State winning. Yeah, I think regardless of who wins that eight nine matchup there, the model is going to have Virginia as a, a decent favorite over either of those teams. So I think regardless of who you pick there, keep keep Virginia moving on to the Sweet Sixteen. Yep, and then we had Kentucky and Arizona both as favorites, although not not gimmies in the first round. But it seems like, you know, there isn't a clear-cut favorite with Kentucky and Arizona. Yeah, so, again, this one's pretty close to 50-50. Um, I would say a, a slight lean to Arizona, but definitely seen by the model, at least as a game that could go either way. Um, at least for me personally, and I'd say, like, for the model 284 bracket, we'll have we'll have Arizona winning this game, um, but I think you could make a case either way. Um, just thinking about kind of this this part of the region as a whole too. Given that this matchup is kind of a toss up, um, I think you advance Virginia over the winner of this game either way. Just because you know the way I look at it is you don't know really who's going to win Kentucky or Arizona, but you know Virginia is more than likely going to be playing the winner. Um, so. I think that that makes a good case for Virginia coming out of the top half of this region. And for what it's worth, we would have Virginia as a slight favorite over both Kentucky and Arizona. Um, another reason to take Arizona over Kentucky is we would give Arizona a slightly better chance of beating Virginia than we would Kentucky. Yeah, I think the other variable you got to consider is, so you've got Kyle Guy, 6'2", Great three-point <laughs> shooter versus DeAndre Ayton, 7-1. Potential number one pick, but likely goes two in this draft. I mean, in the tournament, you're taking Kyle Guy over DeAndre Ayton any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, um, I think just for, for, for probability's sake, we have, we're going to put up a kind of like a, a bracket breakdown and some results of our simulation up on the website as well. Um, but for, for the top half of this bracket, we give... Um, Virginia a 44% chance of coming out of the top here. Um, Arizona 16% and Kentucky 19%. So Air Virginia pretty easily on the top here. Alrighty. So now moving on to that the bottom part of the bracket, which is definitely I think a little bit more interesting in, in that we're seeing a lot of more disparity 
um, in the model predictions. And so, but I think what one thing that's consistent is that Tennessee appears to be, you know, a fairly good pick to the Sweet 16 as they're, they're favored over both Miami and Loyola. Yeah, we talked about that Miami-Loyola being kind of a toss-up in the first round, but regardless of who you pick there, our numbers would have Tennessee favored over either team to move on to the Sweet 16. And then moving down of a potential Cincy-Nevada matchup, well, this this looks like it might be uh, an upset. Yeah. Hey, hey there, Sam. Yeah, I think we, we're going to keep rolling with Nevada here. So I think you got to take a little bit bigger picture to look at what we're doing in this game. So if we're going to be super technical, we would have Cincinnati as a very small favorite over Nevada. Um, but looking at the bottom of the bracket here, so we give um, Cincinnati a 31% chance to make it to the Elite Eight. Tennessee a 28% chance, and Nevada a 20% chance. So it's pretty crowded between those three teams. And, you know, Cincinnati being a 2, Tennessee a 3, and Nevada a 7, I think Nevada makes a little bit of sense here as an upset pick. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, this is kind of where, and I think once you see the maybe see the rest of our bracket or whatnot, maybe not, you'll see that, like, you know, this seems like a good area of opportunity, um, you know, to to pick an upset when there's that potential and the probabilities are so close in order to actually win the bracket that you're in or right. the pool you're in. Right. Sorry. So you look at it this way. So Cincinnati and Tennessee are going to be much more popular picks to make it to the Elite Eight here, um, but we see Nevada as you know having a comparable probability of making it there. So that's why we're rolling with them in our bracket. So. To recap here, we've got Virginia, Arizona, Tennessee, Nevada, and then we've got Virginia over Arizona, and we're also going to go Nevada over Tennessee here. So we've got a Virginia-Nevada matchup, and as we said, you know, we're kind of thinking about this more from a um, probability standpoint than like a strictly who's going to win between Virginia and Nevada, um, and you know, based on points we've already made. Virginia has a more straightforward path to this Elite Eight matchup. So, you know, they could be playing Tennessee here. They could be playing Cincinnati here. They could be playing Nevada here. But be mostly, honestly, mostly because we have Virginia as a better lock to make it to this matchup, we're going to roll with them to the Final Four. Exactly. Yeah, so just to recap, based on this region, we have um, – Virginia is the most likely team to go to the Final Four at 21%, followed closely by Cincinnati at 18%, Tennessee at 15%, and Nevada at 11%. So I think for purposes of filling out your bracket, I, I think you could pick any of those teams to, to come out. Um, depends yeah. on what, what kind of pool you, you're in and you know what type of team you want to see come out there. But I think all those would be good choices. We're going with Virginia. All right, now on to the West region in the bottom left of everyone's bracket. In this region, we've got the one seed starting off here in round one games, Xavier, playing a to-be-determined, which will be either Texas Southern or NC Central. Yeah, I think we've got Xavier heavy here, probably more than 90% and more than a 20-point favorite against either team, so not much to report. 
Next up, in what is a very interesting matchup, we've got the 8-seed Missouri versus the 9-seed Florida State here with the return of Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, so I think that's probably the, the most interesting point with this game. Is he going to have a positive or negative impact on the team? I think in the, the SEC tournament, we saw him come in and kind of chuck the ball all over the place and didn't seem to be making a huge benefit, but he's certainly the type of talent that could just single-handedly take over a game. Um, but that said, um, with what the model has to work with, model kind of has this game as pretty close, could go either way. I think with um, with the fact that a lot of people are going to be talking about Michael Porter and liking Missouri, I think in a toss-up game, I'm probably just going to pick Florida State uh, just for a, a spot to be different in my bracket. And for what it's worth, the model would have them as very slight favorites. Yeah, definitely. I think Michael, from a again, from a decision-making standpoint, taking a step away, obviously you're t- we don't have information on Michael Porter incorporating into these models. So that's that's a good point. Um, but, you know, you kind of have to evaluate yourself on how much of an impact you think he has. In terms of the totals of this game, the model actually, you know, I know no one really likes to bet the under, but it actually does think of a lower total than Vegas, which is Vegas is set at 148. This leans slightly under at about 143-144 is about our prediction of the total. Now, next matchup is the 5-12. We have Ohio State versus South Dakota State. So we've got Ohio State, um, 67% favorite here. We make them a four-point favorite, whereas they're only or they're actually favored by eight in Vegas. So we see this one as a slightly closer game than the markets would. Um, so, you know, not to... Not to be a spoiler here, but we would have the winner of this game losing to Gonzaga in the next round, regardless of who it is. Um, so I think from that standpoint, uh, I think I'd go with South Dakota State, even though you know technically we would have Ohio State favored. So it, it is predicted to be a slightly closer game by the models, and what the model likes about South Dakota State is um, their low turnover percentage, a much more efficient offense than Ohio State, and the fact that they you know, just won their conference tournament and made a really good run, whereas Ohio State lost in their first game. So those are all things that are going to be benefiting South Dakota State from a model standpoint. So we're rolling with the Jackrabbits. Yeah, definitely. And in this one we have actually the over prediction, and we're 12 points above the Vegas line of 147. And part of the reason for that is that Although Ohio State is kind of viewed as the better team in the models, San Diego State or South Dakota State is seen as still having a really high efficient offense and they're they're seen as closer in talent level, which means a closer game. And that's kind of in our general investigation usually results in a higher line prediction. All right, moving on to everybody's favorite team, Gonzaga. And they are playing the 13 seed UNC Greensboro. So we've got Gonzaga 86% to win here. Um, got them favored by seven points. So looking for them to roll in that first round matchup. Yeah, definitely. And we've got a lot of points to be scored in this one. Another over prediction. This is led by Killian Tilly, um, the native of France, who's shooting over 50 per, over 50% from three. And Roy. 
Hashimura, I think I'm saying that. Hachimura. Hachimura from Japan, who can both really just play the game. But the the Vegas has a measly 136. We're looking at a predicted point total of about 150 in this one. Um, I will say, um, with Tilly shooting so well from three and Roy being a great off-the-bench player, and he's also shooting 84% from the line, which, you know, Sam, that bodes well for his predictive um, NBA talent potential. Um, the Zags the Zags look good, and they look like they should score a lot in this one. And, you know, I like to say that Gonzaga is one of my favorite teams, as many people might know. And I think the, the reason you got to like Gonzaga is they have – they have hidden talent, and you know this because you can't pronounce any of their names, and they're from all over the world. So no one else has got people from all over the world, and Mark Few's doing something right. Yeah, I think if you can't pronounce the names, you just required to pick them in your bracket, right? Exactly. All right, next on to Houston versus San Diego State. So models love in Houston here. We've got them with an 81% chance to win, and we've got them favored by seven points. Um the, the main things that it's drawing from in Houston here is Houston has a much better, uh, I'll call it schedule-adjusted margin of victory, so margin of victory adjusted for who you're, who you're beating, um, and then also their defensive efficiency. They have a, a decent edge there over San Diego State, so roll in Houston. Then we got Big Ten champion, the three-seed Michigan versus Montana. Yep, another one here. We've got Michigan heavy favorites. We have them 94% chance of winning, and we have them favored by 13 points. Um, some stuff to like for Michigan based on the models. Again, they have a much better schedule-adjusted margin of victory, as you would expect against a team like Montana, um, and they have the more efficient offense. Um, Michigan coming fresh off that hot Big Ten tournament run, and now I guess the one question is they've had a week of rest now, so is that a positive or a negative? I don't know, but here we are. Yeah, and I do think they've got kind of an elite player, Maurice Wagner, who's who I think we've seen can help in tournament runs. And, you know, he was, even by our NBA draft model, he's kind of was projected as a, a fairly solid NBA role player. And so I think he, he'll be a key player, and Michigan, you know, looks to continue rolling. Another guy you can't maybe pronounce his name correctly. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he's a German native, so that definitely helps him, at least from my evaluation perspective. Agreed, agreed. Next up, we've got Texas A&M and the Ed Cooley-led Providence Friars. Chris Dunn running the point for Providence, right? Oh, yeah, Chris Dunn, you know, dicing them up, leading the hoops. Yep, so we've got Providence with a 58% chance of winning here. Um, spread is basically a pick em. Um A&M is actually favored by three and a half in Vegas, so ours would definitely lean more so with Providence than the markets. But also, just for purposes of picking the brackets, we're going to go with Providence here as well. Providence made a good run in their conference tournament, whereas A&M lost in their first game. They also have much more experience playing in close games over the course of the year. So I think um, those are the main things that it's liking Providence over A&M for in this one. And guess what we're going to do in this game, Sam? Hammer the over. Yep, it's PhD and master's student from Stanford. Model two eighty four contributor Fred Bless would say we're gonna we're gonna hammer this over. We've got a predicted point total of almost one hundred and sixty points, which is crazy above the Vegas total. And looks like there's gonna be a lot scored in this close matchup. So you know that means it's gonna be like 
50 to 50. And exactly. It's probably way under. <laughs> Might not break 100 in this one. <laughs> um, and then lastly, for first round matchups, we've got North Carolina versus, was that Lips? Lipscomb? Lipscomb. Yep, in Nashville. So we've actually got Lipscomb pulling the upset here. We've got them. Uh, oh, wait a second. Just kidding. Uh, North Carolina, 96% chance to win. Favored by 18 points. This is probably one of the strongest of the first round. So, you know, that means they're probably going to lose, um, as we saw with Michigan State a couple years ago. But, yeah, very strong on UNC here. Nothing to worry about in the first round. Yep. So that's it for first round kind of matchups. Now, again, we're going to walk through the, the rest of the bracket. So the top half, um, it looks like things are setting up for that, that great Xavier-Gonzaga matchup that everyone – is looking forward to in each March Madness tournament. Yeah, they played last year too. Um, obviously, um, Gonzaga won that one. But yeah, this these two teams kind of on the collision course in the top half of this bracket. Models do not see either team struggling with anyone before they get to that potential Sweet 16 matchup. Um, and then as far as that matchup itself, um, it's basically a toss-up. Um, we ultimately make Gonzaga very slight favorites, and some of the things it likes about them over Xavier are their lower turnover percentage and their better defensive efficiency. Um, but, you know, in in terms of a simulation, so again, we'll have a, a post on the website that walks through kind of each team's probability of advancing to each round based on our simulation. So from that perspective, we have both teams as a 34% chance to, to win this matchup and make it to the Elite Eight. So literally a, a, a toss-up between these two, but we're rolling with the Zags and Hachimura Nation. Love it, love it. All right, so now shifting down to the bottom half of the bracket, we here we have North Carolina actually as coming out as heavy favorites um, of the bottom. Yeah, we've got them 60% chance to come out of the bottom of the of the West bracket and make them a favorite over any team in this region, and that includes Michigan. We make them about a 65% chance favorite over Michigan, or 65% chance of beating Michigan. Um, and so, you know, pretty clear-cut North Carolina there, and then they would face either Gonzaga or Xavier, whoever they, whoever you've got coming out of the top there. And ultimately, similar to what we saw in the top half UNC's just benefiting from an easier path in their bracket than either Gonzaga or Xavier would. And based on our simulation, um, we have North Carolina as a 43% chance to make it to the Final Four. And the next closest would be um, Michigan at 15%, Xavier at 13%, and Gonzaga at 13%. So Gonzaga and um, Xavier really beating up on each other in the top half and reducing their, their probabilities, but... For what it's worth, we would also make UNC, you know, just looking at the UNC versus Xavier or UNC versus Gonzaga matchup, we would make UNC a 62% chance of beating Gonzaga and a 68% chance of beating Xavier. So rolling with UNC to the final four there. Yeah, that's a tough break. It's tough to see the get the Zags not favored, but um, looks like UNC um, seems to be the pick out of out of the, the West region. Today's Model 284 podcast is brought to you by Wallace Carlson Printing. Wallace Carlson is a Minnesota-based printing company that has been in business for over 86 years and is built on delivering a remarkable client experience. Whether you need product catalogs, 
custom clothing, wedding or party invitations, marketing collateral, packaging, business cards, posters, or any other custom printing, you will not be disappointed by the team at Wallace Carlson who will execute your vision to the highest standards. For all your printing needs, check out wallacecarlson.com, email info at wc-print.com, or give them a call at 952-545-1645. On to the top right, the east region of the bracket. So again, we're going to walk through the first round of the games, and then we'll kind of piece through the top and bottom half of the of the east region itself, and then kind of give the, the full bracket breakdown of who's com- who we think is coming out of that. But starting with the first round games, we've got the number one seed here, Villanova, playing against Radford, who's Fresh off a of victory and killing us in the over-unders. <laughs> yep, yep, that was not a good way to start off, but I digress. We've got Villanova, 86% chance to win and as 21-point favorites over Radford. So, obviously a lot to like about Villanova. Yeah, I definitely, like, they're considered a tourney team and a couple things that you just generally like about them. They have really strong veteran guard play and Jalen Brunson. And they've got legit NBA talent in Mikhail Bridges, who's taken his game to the next level. And last year was actually rated really highly by our draft models. Um, in the 8-9 game, we've got Virginia Tech versus Alabama, who Alabama just had two huge SEC victories on the heels of Colin Sexton, who looks like that type of tourney player potentially that we've seen shine. Um, what, are we, what are we seeing here, Sam? Yeah, so possible... Probably, you know, top five, top ten draft pick in Colin Sexton. Models are riding on his back, giving Alabama a 77% chance to win and making them six-point favorites. Um, so a couple of things it likes about Bama here. They won, as you just said, two games in the SEC tourney, whereas Virginia Tech lost their first game, didn't win anything. And then um, Alabama, better on the offensive boards and also has a better schedule-adjusted margin of victory. So that's what it's like in about the the roll tide there roll tide it is on to west virginia murray state we got huggy bear coming in hot here absolutely we got huggins with an 88 percent chance to win this game got them as 10 point favorites you know might be some murray state buzz but i think huggins is gonna roll here we've got a a unique huggins variable in our model that just adds 50 percent win probability to any team coached by bob huggins so that seems appropriate. Maybe a little light, though. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, West Virginia, it's like in their advantage on the offensive boards, their better schedule-adjusted margin of victory, at a really high preseason ranking, and they just came off a good conference tournament run. So a lot to like with West Virginia as well. Then in the 4-13 matchup, we have Wichita State and Marshall. So Wichita State's that you know every year team. But looks like we might have a close one here. Potential upset pick, Sam? Yeah, I was surprised by this one. This one, you know, pretty close to a toss-up by our models. Whereas, let me see here, Wichita State, a pretty big favorite. They're favored by 11 and a half, 12 points in this one. But our models seen it as more of a toss-up. Um, so, I guess, if nothing else, it's probably a upset prediction that not too many people are going to have in their bracket. So, it might be a good spot for you to differentiate. Um, uh, some of the stuff that it likes about Marshall, um, they had a really good 
against the spread performance this year. They obviously just won their conference tournament and playing really well, and they've played in a lot of close games throughout the course of the year, so could be could be um, prepared to run with a Wichita State team that doesn't play too much defense. Yeah, definitely. I also think there's this human bias with Wichita State that they're just like a tournament team. Yeah. And I'm not sure the stats this year actually back that, and people just picked them because they're Wichita State and may even got ranked a little high because of that. But anyway, in the 6-11 matchup, we have Florida, who will play St. Bon... What is it, Bonaventure? Bonaventure, yeah. Bonaventure, as they just beat UCLA. Yeah, we got the Bonnies. Um, so we make Florida. This one was a little bit unique. So, like, basically everything had smart <laughs> Florida as a small favorite. Um, we give them a 62% chance to win and make them a one-point favorite. So everything was, you know, hovering close to that 50 per- 60% range, but everything leaning slightly with Florida. Florida has been a pretty high-variance team throughout the course of the year. They're ranked eighth in the preseason poll, so a lot of potential. They obviously made a good run in the tournament last year, but really been up and down, so you never really know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, exactly. Florida, I think, in general, since Billy Donovan's left, they, they're they just high variance. They don't have much scheme to what they're running. It seems like it's just a lot of athletes out there playing, and um, maybe a little bit more coaching could be had there. But anyway, moving on to Texas Tech versus Steven F. Austin in the 314 matchup. Yep, so we've got Texas Tech with a 65% win probability here. We only have them as a two-point favorite, so that's going to be closer than the markets, but does like Texas Tech to come out with the win here. Yeah, and looks like we're going to hammer the over on this one too. We've got a predicted point total of like almost 160 points in this one, which um, is interesting because the Vegas totals is hovering, you know, nearly 20 points below that. But what what's a fun stat kind of for everyone is that the three-point attempt difference between um, Stephen F. Austin and Texas Tech is three, and Stephen F. Austin had 637 three-point attempts while Texas Tech had 634. And that's actually the, the difference is something that's kind of important in that it's going to be a close game and they have similar styles, which is um, often predicted in higher scoring games. Yeah, so something I'm noticing with these total models, Mark, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as I mentioned, you know, we're predicting this game to be slightly closer, and so I think it looks like games that are closer, it's going to pump up that total a little bit. Right, and I think you can kind of generally say that, but again, there's, you know, that's not true of everything because you're accounting for a number of different variables. But right. yes, that is that is something that generally I all think else you do being see. equal. Exactly. Now in the the seven ten matchup in this region, we've got Arkansas versus Butler. Yeah, we got Arkansas slight favorites here. We give them a seventy three percent chance of winning and make them two point favorites. And then at the bottom of this region, you've got Purdue and Cal State Fullerton. Yep. So. We got Purdue with a 99% chance of winning this game and a 20-point favorite. So, um, again, a team that will probably lose because we're so <laughs> extremely high on them in the first round. Yeah, exactly. Got to love it. All right, so that's it for the first-round matchups. Now kind of piece through the rest of the bracket, starting at the top, so back up with Villanova. And we're... As we saw in the first round and mentioned with their strong guard play and NBA talent and Mikhail Bridges, 
we the models do really like Villanova as well as West Virginia. Yeah, so I think, you know, both Villanova and West Virginia are going to be favored by the models regardless of who they're playing until they meet up in the Sweet 16. So we've got them both penciled into a Sweet 16 matchup. And then in that matchup, we make Nova the slight favorite with a 56% chance of beating Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers and making it out of the top of the East region to the Elite Eight. Um, in terms of our you know tournament simulation, we both have them. We have both of those teams with a 70% chance of reaching the uh, what is that that Sweet 16. Yeah, so top of that bracket, top of the bracket here is is clearly West Virginia and Villanova, and Villanova kind of making it out. But what are we what are we seeing on the bottom here, Sam? Yeah, so bottom, you're just gonna take Purdue and then just log out. That's all you need to do. Love um, it. No, but we've got Purdue with a seventy six percent of making it to the Elite Eight. So come out of the bottom of the East region, we would have them favored. Well, you know, cut to the chase, we'd have them favored over basically anyone in the bottom half of this bracket. And then obviously we'd have them matching up with Nova in the uh, Elite Eight. And we make Purdue a 60% favorite over Nova in that game. So we got Purdue rolling on to the Final Four. Um, And then also just to bring it back to that tournament simulation, we give Purdue a 47% chance of coming out of the East region. We give Villanova a 27% chance. We give West Virginia a 12% chance, and everyone else is looks like less than 3%. So it's basically those three teams or no one, at least according to the models, and we've got Purdue coming out. And just some last little tidbits on this region's favorite, Purdue. They do have, so they have the Edwards, I like to call them the Edwards brothers, Carson and Vin, Vincent, as well as um, Matheson and Thompson, who all of them are... Pretty much 40% or greater three-point shooters, as well as 80% or greater from the free-throw line. And those are all like guards slash small forwards. So they can really shoot the ball. And as a team, they're shooting 42% from three, as well as they have Isaac Haas, who's the seven-foot-two center. That's really improved his senior year. So they're, they're shaping up to kind of play modern-day basketball and look like a favorite in this region. Yeah, and also worth mentioning, I know Vincent Edwards has been dealing with, I believe, an ankle or foot injury. Um, he was he looked to be hobbled at the at the end of the Big Ten tournament there, but he's had a week and you know close to two weeks to rest up here. So hopefully he'll be back to hundred percent, but definitely something to keep an eye on. On to the bottom right region, the Midwest region of the bracket. Again, here we're gonna give you guys the first round games, and then we'll go through kind of the rest of the bracket and how it might play out in this within this re- Midwest region. So with that, the first round games, Kansas versus Penn. Yep, so similar to the other one seeds, we got Kansas as a big favorite here. 94% chance of winning. We make them a 16-point favorite. So, you know, don't see it as overly likely that any of the 16 seeds are coming out with a win this year. Yeah, I did see some stuff around the social media and other realms of predictions and whatnot saying Penn might have a chance here. I'm, I'm not sure I'm buying too much into that. Yeah, I guess I will say, um, worth mentioning, so I guess Penn is a 16 seed, and the Ivy League champ has been a better seed than that in previous years, but I will say the last two years, the model has whiffed on the Ivy League champion. So last year, Notre Dame played, I think, Princeton, 
in the first round might not be Princeton, but I think it was Princeton, and like the all the models were all over Notre Dame, and they only won by two points. So that was um, a little bit of a miss. And then the previous year, I think Yale beat Baylor, and again the models were all over Baylor. So for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to have a great grasp on Ivy League teams. So I'll just throw that out there. In the eight nine matchup in this region, we have Seton Hall versus NC State. Yeah, so we got this one is pretty much a toss-up. You got um, models lean in both directions here, but um, ultimately we've got North Carolina State with a 54% chance of winning this one, so we're going to roll with them. Yeah, and I think that's a little contrary to what we've seen from other predictions, such as 538 or other, other analytics blogs that have kind of suggested Seton Hall, so we've rolled with the less popular NC State here. Clemson versus New Mexico State is the 5-12 matchup in this region. Yeah, so I guess before getting into this game specifically, I think this sort of region of the bracket, so Clemson, New Mexico State, Auburn, and Charleston, this is kind of the toughest bracket for me and for at least what our models are saying. There's really not a ton to um, buy into extremely strongly, so I think pretty much anything could happen here. Um, But... As far as this game, our models do like Clemson, um, give them a 71% chance of winning and make them an 8-point favorite. So not quite as into the New Mexico State upset pick as the rest of the public might be. And as Sam mentioned, we've got Auburn versus Charleston in the 4-13 matchup here. Yeah, so this one we've got as a closer game. We give Auburn only a 60% chance of winning, so maybe slightly closer. Um, we got got some stuff to like about Charleston here. So they have a, a much better offensive efficiency than Auburn does. They also have a better schedule-adjusted margin of victory. And Auburn does have a big advantage on the defensive side of the ball, at least as far as the metrics that our models are considering are concerned. Um, but, you know, I think there there's a chance for Charleston to come away with this one. And kind of going along with what I said earlier about this region or this pocket of the region being a little bit messy we're gonna roll with the charleston upset here and hopefully we get a little win yeah definitely so as sam mentioned auburn the models do actually favor auburn but we see this as an opportunity um where charleston is close enough that we can differentiate our brackets by going with an upset here exactly next we have tcu which will play the winner of arizona state versus syracuse yeah, so obviously we'll see what happens in the play-in game there on Wednesday night. Um, the model is going to slightly favor TCU versus either op- opponent, but it would see Syracuse as a tougher tougher challenge and maybe being able to come out of there if they can get past Arizona State. Um, I know, so we've kind of seen Syracuse do well in the tournament in the past, and you know some speculation might be that that's because they play that zone defense that a lot of teams aren't haven't seen when when they get to face them um, but Jamie Dixon is the TCU coach and he obviously coached at Pitt for many years and played against Syracuse in the Big East so one angle there might be that they could be more prepared to play Syracuse than other teams could be definitely agree with that analysis of it and then we have Michigan State playing Bucknell so is Bucknell going to win this one, Wally? Yeah, not according to the model. We've got Michigan State 81% to win here and 15-point favorites. So not loving Bucknell, but anything could happen. Yeah, so Michigan State obviously has the high-powered um, NBA talent and, and Bridget, 
Miles Bridges and Triple J, Jareen Jackson Jr., were both likely lottery picks. We also, in this game, we think there's going to be a lot of points scored as our projected total is significantly above Vegas' 147 as we're predicting closer to about 165 points scored in this game. So maybe a chance for you to hammer that over in this one. That's what we like. And then in the 7-10, we've got Rhode Island versus Trey Young in the Oklahoma Sooners. Yep, so we're riding with Rhode Island here. We're not not buying into the Trey Young hype. I think we've seen that fall on its face about 20 consecutive times over the last two months. Um, we've got Rhode Island as an 83% chance of winning this matchup and make them six-point favorites. Um, part of what the model likes about Rhode Island, um, they have a much better winning percentage. Um, they have better defensive metrics. And they are just coming off a, a good run in their conference tournament, which the same cannot be said for Oklahoma. Um, I think we got another another over-prediction here, Mark. Yeah, so expect a lot of points scored. Probably Trey Young, you know, chucking up maybe 23s in this game. But, yeah, we're we're going over Vegas' 158 total, which is a lot, but we're, we're running in around 156 on this total. Or one, 165. Or 165, sorry. Sorry for that, but yeah, so definitely looking again for another high-scoring affair, and we'll see what Trey Young can put up. He's definitely capable of putting up 50 points on a night, but given kind of the historical perspective of this, um, even with that factor, we still see Rhode Island as a heavy favorite. And then in the last matchup here in this first round of this region, Duke versus Iona, and is this... What are we thinking here, Sam? Yeah, I think Duke, we make them a 90% chance of winning and 12-point favorites, so Duke's rolling. All righty, so that's it for first-round matchups in the Midwest region. In the top half of the bracket, as we had Kansas winning the first round, and we did allude to how the Clemson, New Mexico, Charleston, Auburn, part of that, part of the top half of the bracket is a little jumbled. This kind of puts Kansas as a heavy favorite. So what was the what's the probability here of them coming out of that top half, Sam? Yeah, so Kansas Kansas is a big favorite there. We make them a fifty seven or we give them a fifty seven percent chance of coming out of the top half of the Midwest region and advancing to the Elite Eight. So, you know, in short, we would have them favored over um, Seton Hall, North Carolina State, Clemson, New Mexico State, Auburn and Charleston, you know, whoever they face along that road, we'd have Kansas favored there. So we see them rolling on to the Elite Eight. Yeah, so the top half is a little bland in that sense. But in the bottom half, I think things get a little bit more interesting as we have a couple teams. Namingly, I think a lot of people think of Michigan State and Duke in this instance. But I think we're going to throw another team into that mix. Yep, that other team is Rhode Island. Um, and as you said, the bottom half of this Midwest region is kind of messy. You know, it's always nice when uh, the models are all speaking the same language and picking the same team like we had in the top half with Kansas, but obviously that can't always be the case. Um, so we've got kind of a mess down here. We So we've got, we got Michigan State rolling over Bucknell and then playing the winner of TCU and the play-in game winner. We would have Michigan State favored over any of those teams, so we'd have them advancing on to the Sweet 16. Then at the bottom, we've got a you know potential Rhode Island versus Duke matchup. Um, 
and you know we do make Duke slight favorites in that matchup, but um, we we think Rhode Island has a real shot to win that game, and you know the winner goes on to play Michigan State, and the models are going to favor Michigan State in both of those matchups. So in the sense of you know picking an unlike or picking an uncommon upset, we're going to go with Rhode Island over Duke, and then Michigan State over Rhode Island. Um, so just to, to tie some numbers back to it, so in terms of the tournament si- tournament simulation, um, we have Michigan State with the easiest path and the highest chance of getting to the Elite Eight out of the bottom of the Midwest. We give them a 34% chance. We give Duke a 32% chance. And for Rhode Island, we give them a... 19% chance. So Rhode Island, you know, depending on how contrarian you want to be with your bracket, we could see them making some noise in the bottom of there. But ultimately, we've got Michigan State coming out. And then, you know, winner of that, that game is going to play Kansas. So, you know, Kansas sitting there on top. As we mentioned, they have a much higher win prob- or probability of getting to that Elite Eight matchup. So Kansas would either face, you know, according to our models, it would be Michigan State, Duke, or Rhode Island, and we would make Kansas a slight favorite versus any of those teams, around 60%. Um, And then, you know, from the tournament simulation standpoint, we also make them the most likely team to reach the Final Four at 43%. Michigan State, only 15%. Duke, 14%. And Rhode Island, 4%. So, um, you know... Part of it is due to the easy path that they have, but we see Kansas coming out of that region. Yeah, I think the Midwest is really interesting, especially that that bottom quadrant of it where you have the Michigan State and Duke, which is obviously loaded with a ton of NBA talent, even with Trey Young playing for Oklahoma. But yeah, Rhode Island could definitely make things interesting in that sense. And it should be noted that we're not counting for the fact that Tom Izzo has been horrible against Coach K. Um, so <laughs> well, Rhode Island's gonna beat him. So yeah, that's exactly why we didn't have to deal with like facing that fact. But um, anyway, with that, um, so that wraps up the Midwest region where we've got Kansas in our consensus bracket coming out of it. So with that, now we've got we've gone through the four regions. I think it's time for our final four. So to recap. We have Virginia coming out of the South. Um, Then we have North Carolina coming out of the the West region. And then Purdue coming out of the East. And lastly, Kansas coming out of the Midwest region. Yeah, so just to tie some numbers back to those teams. um, So, you know, Purdue-Villanova... We could see either of those teams winning that game. Um, on average, we're going to have Purdue winning, but I think you could either of those teams would be a really good choice for the Final Four there. West Virginia, if you want to go more contrarian, I think has a good shot. Um, down in the Midwest, which we just covered, um, Kansas is a pretty clear choice because of the, the matchup problems on the bottom of that bracket. Um, but behind Kansas, we would have Michigan State and then Duke. Um, in the South region on the top left, um, this one's kind of competitive. You know, we got Virginia, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Nevada, all with a decent shot there. Um, Virginia is the slightly most likely team, so that's what we've got, but all of those would be good choices. Um, and then in the West on the bottom, we've got North Carolina as a heavy favorite, but um, Xavier and Gonzaga 
two two other good choices, but ultimately we just see them um, having to face each other earlier on, which makes you like more North Carolina more. Yeah, exactly. I think I think North Carolina and Kansas are kind of the two big where they just they have such a an easier route early on that sets them up as a you know a high um, probability of you know getting to that Final Four. Yep. So then. So we would have that potential Virginia and North Carolina rematch. Um, you know, also following along along the line of North Carolina having easy path to get there, and also along the line of Virginia not not having any as easy a path. You know, we mentioned there could be some other teams coming out of that South region. Um, so for that reason, we're rolling with North Carolina. Um, we just see them as as more likely to be there in the final four, and you're you're more likely to win if you're more likely to be there. So we're going with UNC again to return to the national championship game, and then on the other side of the bracket, um, we've got Purdue over Kansas. We would have Purdue over Kansas, Michigan State, Duke, Rhode Island, whoever you've got coming out of that bottom. We would have Purdue rolling them. For what it's worth, we would also have Villanova beating whoever comes out of the bottom of that bracket. Um, really high on both Purdue and Villanova. Um, but as it sits, we've got Purdue over Kansas to go to the championship game. And then we have Purdue over North Carolina for, the, big for winner. the championship. We got Purdue cutting down the nets. Um, didn't say this earlier, but unfortunately that Purdue-Villanova matchup, the winner of that is basically... Um, the favorite as far as our numbers are concerned. So it's too bad that they have to be in the same region, but it is what it is. Um, so we've got we've got Purdue coming out on top. Hopefully hopefully Vince Edwards is healthy. Yeah. So so there you have it. Um that that's it. I mean Purdue Purdue's what we're going with in our consensus bracket. And you know, I think it's slightly different from what you're gonna see across other um, models and analytics um, sites. So um, hopefully, hopefully we provided some information to you on that front. Yeah, and just to tie it back to the tournament simulation here. So we make Purdue the favorite with a twenty-seven percent chance of winning it all. Next, we have Villanova with a fourteen percent chance. Then North Carolina with an eleven percent chance. And then Kansas with a five percent chance, and a bunch of other teams jumbled there at four and three percent. So really, you know, Purdue, Villanova, and North Carolina as a, a, the top tier in terms of most likely to win. So by our numbers, you should be picking one of those teams. Yeah, and our numbers are right. So, <laughs> so that that that's the hardcore answer for you. Um, but with that, I I think. I think that's it for today. Yeah, we've and, gone on long enough here. So, And that that's what the models got this year. And appreciate you listening. And be sure to check out Model 284 and Beyond March Madness stuff. Stay up to date on everything else we've got going on. We've got a lot of cool stuff up there. Um, please subscribe to the Model 284 podcast as well as Hammer the Over. Rate, but only if you're going to give us a five-star as well as give a very good review. And then also next week we will be having a breakdown of the Sweet 16, maybe a little bit more betting lines in that show. Additionally, we have a March Madness pool on ESPN.com. So if you go to our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, whatnot, or to our website, you can find the pool information. But if you do 
join that pool, we have a $100 cash prize to the first place winner. And for second place, you would get a quarter zip model 284. Um, and in order to be eligible for that, you do need to share it via social media because we need to spread our name. So um, please do that and continue to check out the site. And this Friday, we'll be, we'll be tuning in everything live at Will's Bar. So look for that across social media platforms and you know, continue to follow the journey along. And good luck to everyone. Good luck. Hammer the over. Dilly dilly.